0: We are back again, only this time to be joined by James Rousledge. He is many things, a writer and published author with Penguin with his new book, Mental Health at Work, a brilliant public speaker and panellist, and finally also the founder of Sanctus, which is a purpose-driven organisation with a mission to change the perceptions around mental health and put the world's first mental health gym on the high street. Um, And I think most importantly of all of his accolades, he's one of my friends and has been for quite a few years. So James, um, have I got the order right? That's the most important, yeah? I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, good man. So I've just done a little introduction, but I would actually love you to give a little introduction if you can. So um, tell us about yourself in your own words. That's a good
1: question. I feel like the eternal question of like, who am I and how do I define myself? It's a deep who am I, Yeah. Yeah so I'm I'm sort of first off someone who asked myself that a lot and yeah I think at the moment my order is definitely changing. I would you know if you'd have asked me that a few years ago I probably would have started off by sort of attaching my work as a big part of my identity you know I'm the founder of Sanctus that's that's what I've been doing for the last five years and I think now I'd probably describe myself more as a as a writer now I'm a you know I had my book published a couple of weeks ago so that feels very front of mind also many things Yeah, you know, I'm a fiancé like to think I'm a good friend someone who loves a good walk out in nature like yourself but yeah I suppose the most actually the thing that maybe people know me for is is starting a starting sanctus and, and being a big part I'd like to think of the of the movement around mental health in the last in the last four or five years I've I've lent my voice to it. I've told my story about mental health and and done my best to create a platform where other people can as well. So that's been my mission for the last five years. You know, I've been very much in the thick of, of the mental health space.
0: Just so we get some context, why don't you explain what I'm actually talking about? So why don't you share what Sanctus is and how you kind of got started on that journey?
1: Yeah. Sanctus were it was it was born out of my own experiences with mental health. I'd I'd started a business at a university. I mean, I look back and I feel really young. You know, I was 20, 21, very excitable and naive <laughs> and enthusiastic about the startup world and, and really wanted to start a business to be happy, to be honest. I thought that starting a business would give me all the things I wanted. It would give me freedom, wealth, status, purpose. So Jumped out of uni, few mates, tried to get something off the ground, and it just never worked. We we never had a mission, we never had a problem. And we kind of just went round in circles listening to other people and then changing our idea. I was a complete closed book. Like I never talked to anyone about how I was feeling. I never even knew that that was even possible. I didn't even know that you could, like I didn't know how to either. I didn't know how to verbalize emotions or say I'm scared or I'm lonely or I'm worried. And and those were, those were all the feelings. I was really worried that the business was going to fail. And I kind of already knew it was a failure in a way. I knew it was destined for, for doom in a way. So when finally decided to shut the business down, all those feelings really came to the to the fore in my life for the first time and had a period of about a year where I was working in London. and I was kind of still working in the startup scene, working for an angel investor. just started to feel deeply anxious, like panic attacks, sweaty palms, couldn't sleep very well. I was like kind of paranoid. I thought every time I crossed the road, I thought I was going to get hit by a car or um, I had these like really you know, negative cycles of talk in my head. And I, just, I was just overthinking loads. And I just didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do. I thought, I thought I had a heart problem. I thought, you know, a panic attack was like a stroke or something. I was also embarrassed. I, I didn't want to admit. And I probably had a lot of, well, I definitely had a lot of sort of macho, not wanting to tell my mates that I was struggling, sort of thing. He didn't want to worry my mum or my dad or my family and that came into it also. So I started writing basically, started writing how I was feeling. I started journaling from nowhere. I'd never even heard of journaling. I think I got targeted by some really well-timed Headspace ads as well around Christmas time in sort of 2016. So I kind of started doing a bit of meditation and a bit of journaling just off my own back. It just started this Sort of slow process of opening up, basically, where I began feeling more confident talking about how I felt. You know, a few interactions along the way with people at work or or other founders or other friends who actually felt like I could open up to. And in February 2016, I wrote a blog post sharing my experience called "Mental Health and Startups," and I came out. It was like a hands up: this is me. This has been. This is what I've going through. And at the same time, it was it was a bit of a call to action as well for the startup ecosystem of like look at and know intuitively that this isn't just me and there's a lot of other founders experiencing the same mental health issues but also a lot of just a lot of other people basically and then really just set out on this mission to just change mental health from that point really to get the mental health or our perception of mental health to really change in, in a in the same way that we focus on our physical health so it's more proactive um, it's more front and center. Mental health is is not a stigmatized part of our society. It's a completely normal part. That's been encapsulated by this vision for, for mental health gyms on the high street, which kind of is the real picture, I suppose, of what, what we'd like the world to be. And yeah, and then over the last five years, I mean, I've done a load of work on my mental health, coaching, therapy, you name it. I've tried it probably just to, just to experience all the different interventions and practices you can do to support yourself. And then through Sanctus, we've partnered with hundreds of businesses and, and supported thousands of employees a month with with their mental health through coaching. So yeah, kind of come a long way, I suppose, in the last five years and just seeing a load change in myself and then a load change also externally and how mental health is is kind of perceived and, and where we as a humanity really are at with with mental health in general.
0: one of the things that's really interesting to me is the sort of distinction between what people usually think about when they think about mental health which is therapy versus the sanctus approach which is more coaching yeah well i think at the start definitely
1: what i experienced is that when i started talking about mental health people would immediately think of all the various mental health conditions from like schizophrenia to psychosis bipolar disorder Or people would think about anxiety, depression, which is obviously very big and important issues within the broad spectrum of mental health. And I definitely got into the world of mental health because I was highly anxious. If I'd have gone to a doctor at that point, it's highly likely I would have been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Now, when I started to work on my mental health in those early Sanctus groups or with coaches, I also began to experience other sides of mental health where I started to grow and transform and feel connected I started to experience joy and fulfillment love and explore my creativity in really different ways so I really saw how you know as a society we just had this very one-sided view of mental health and really weren't looking at kind of like this almost like 50 to 70 percent of like the mental health continuum really that had kind of been taken a little bit in the whole self-development and self-help space um, but that was never called mental health for some reason you know and, and even coaching had never really talked about how if you went to see a coach to talk about your career or how you wanted to be a better leader or how you know you wanted to have a career change that would fill you up more no one was ever ever calling that mental health and to me that was just another side of of mental health and then the reason for coaching was that again Sanctus started because I was trying to solve my own problem I wasn't ready to go and see a therapist I was terrified of like diving in and going deep which is what you do in therapy it's a weekly contract you typically talk about past experiences trauma and traumatic events in, in your life whether that's bereavement or periods of instability things that happened at school childhood family dynamics and I just wasn't ready for that you know the analogy I would use there is I I was ready to do a bit of stretching like a bit of a warm-up you know what I mean like I was ready to sort of you know touch my toes for the first time I wasn't ready to start you know lifting really heavy weights so coaching for me felt like a a way in to start to Talk. I'd never talked. Like I'd never, other than maybe lights off, you know, with an ex-girlfriend every now and again, or in the smoking area of a nightclub when I was when I was younger. I'd never really opened up. So coaching felt a much a bit much more accessible than therapy for me at that stage, and and I felt like a lot of other people felt the same. And also, you know, coaching is typically much more about your present situation and your future situation so where you are now and and where you're going whereas therapy might be present but also go back into the past to heal things that have gone so again coaching sort of fell into more of that proactive and preventative nature which I felt like I felt like you know I feel like therapy is a brilliant product and there are loads of great therapists and we can increase access there but actually it was coaching and a more proactive tool that I really wanted to make it more accessible to people. And actually, it's not just me, but many other people go to a coach, do a bit of work, and then actually realize going to see a therapist would be better. Um, and that's what happened with me. I, you know, I saw a coach for six, nine months, or maybe even a year, and then I realized that there was some bigger stuff for me to heal and unpack and and then worked with a
0: therapist. I love that. I guess I hadn't really thought about it in the sense of um, where you are on the journey and diving straight in with a therapist might well not be the right way. Like I have had a coach for the last year and a half and have found it super duper helpful, but I'd actually never worked with a therapist directly until January um, 2021. Uh, which was just a culmination. I mean, literally, it was like, you know, going to doctor. I got diagnosed, generalized anxiety, and got recommended to see a therapist, and I did that for six months and was somewhat helpful. But I think that's that's really it, which is uh, understanding where you are on the journey, that these are all tools. There are different tools that you can have at different times in your life that you should pick up and put down, depending on where you are. And for me, coaching has been the right ongoing practice, whereas therapy hasn't. I've stopped therapy, haven't done it for three months now, Maybe four months actually, um, because it isn't what I've needed at that time. And I can totally see myself going back to it if it's what I need at that time. And I think this is one, maybe the misconceptions that people have, which is that these aren't necessarily f- like on always or, you know, forever states. You know, you can pick up and put them down as you need, or you might need to do it for a long time. They're sort of tailored like we are as humans.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of old misconceptions in mental health based on you know thousands of years of different heritages and traditions and history but yeah completely there's no right way to do it and I think we've come from quite a rigid way of looking at health that is you know we have to follow these exact steps and that works in for particular parts of our health whether maybe if I break a bone whereas our mental health, I think, is really different and there are, you know, there are lots of different practices that we can pick up and put down depending on on where we are in our life and how we're responding to the different situations and the different environments we're in.
0: What does brain care mean to you? Like what are your personal behaviours that you do to take care of your brain on a daily basis?
1: think when i think of brain care
0: as a part of of mental
1: health i suppose i think of nutrition definitely and i think of sleep probably the first two things that really come up for me when i think about brain care specifically the last year i've started pretty much a plant-based diet so i'd, I'd say i'm sort of 97 percent plant-based so i've dropped meat and dairy completely and that's definitely had a, an impact on my brain i think like my energy levels and so my cognitive function, and then sleep is probably bigger than bigger than anything really for me in terms of how I how I can think and how I can function. Also makes me think of like other other stuff. Like I obviously do a lot of journaling, writing. I find very helpful to articulate what's what I'm thinking about and what's going on in my head. I also play a fair bit of chess. I find that really helpful to like keep me sharp and engaged in something.
0: Awesome, James. Thank you so much. We'll see you on the next episode. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And follow us at Your Heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of Brain Care. If you want to know more about how healthy your brain is, you can head to yourheights.com/brainhealth to get your free score from one to a hundred. See you next time.